Welcome to the second episode of UCEM In Conversation With, where I am joined by UCEM's 2020 Alumni of the Year Award winner, Jodie Ronan. Hi, Jodie. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for having me on the podcast. It's lovely to speak to you. Yes, great speaking to you as well. And obviously, congratulations on the award win. Thank you very much, Andrew. So, you, you were awarded a distinction from our MSc Surveying Real Estate Programme in 2017. And you're currently the Chief Operating Officer for Ronan Group Real Estate. So having then been selected as our Alumni of the Year, how did it feel when you were notified that you'd won? Well, the way I see it is UCM is the foremost place in the UK for educating real estate professionals. So it was a great honour and privilege to be chosen as the UCM Alumni of the Year this year. I was really surprised and absolutely delighted, to be honest. Um, And I'm really grateful to UCEM for running an excellent programme. It's been instrumental in my achievements and I really enjoyed the programme. So, yeah, thank you very much. No worries. Well, yeah, um, not me that selected it, but, uh, you know, that's on on behalf of UCEM, no worries, that is. So um, and I'm glad that you enjoyed studying with us and that, you know, you had those kind words to say about the institution as well. So how would you reflect in your career so far? Well, it's been a bit of a mixed bag in that first year, first five years were, I suppose, an induction by fire because I started working in the property industry in 2008 um, after I finished my my finance master's and the financial crash hit then. Um, So in Ireland, an agency called NAMA was set up. That was the National Asset Management Agency. And for those who aren't from Ireland, it was formed by the Irish government to relieve the pillar banks of their heavy exposure to property. So they took over all of the developers' loans from the main Irish banks at a significant discount. And we then, as developers, became answerable to them. Along with that, as everyone knows, with the crash, asset values plummeted, development activity on the ground came to a complete halt. Times were really tough and it was extremely difficult with constant underlying threat of foreclosure from NAMA. So it was a very challenging market conditions. We had to work tirelessly to just unlock value in the portfolio through, you know, new lettings, obtaining planning commissions. And then there were a few legal proceedings that were brought by tenants that were basically just opportunistic, them trying to reduce their rent payable. So those years were very challenging. Thankfully, in 2015, we refinanced our portfolio out of NAMA and we paid them back par debt, which meant it was zero cost to the taxpayer. Basically, the loans were cleared in full and we were backed by M&G and Colony Capital. And since then, we are back doing what we do best. So we've acquired a number of prime sites and we have secured some fantastic tenants. I can explain a few of those to you if you want. I'm not sure if you want to go into that sort of detail. Please, you know, do do go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. So we developed the last major spec office development before the crash in Dublin. So that was a 211,000 square foot office block, which we ultimately leased to and it was purchased by Google as their new EMEA headquarters. So EMEA, I'm sure everyone knows what it is, but it's the European, Middle East and Africa. Um, And we also delivered the first major spec office development in Dublin post-crash as well, which was 176,000 office block, the square foot office block. And we secured Amazon as the tenant for that one. Since that, we've purchased a couple of different sites as well. And we're currently developing two of those, one of which is a 360,000 square foot office scheme, which we've pre-let to Facebook. And that will be their new EMEA headquarters. So that's a really exciting one. 
um, and also a 500,000 square foot office scheme, which is pre-let Salesforce, and that will be their new Dublin HQ. In terms of sustainability, which we are very focused on in Ronan Group, we're aiming for LEED Platinum on both of those developments. So LEED is leadership in energy and environmental design, and Platinum is the highest level that you can achieve under that accreditation. So we'd be aiming for that in both of those developments. So they're the two kind of major developments we're dealing with at the moment. So I suppose when you talk about my career to date, it's good to be back doing exciting, constructive business rather than the stressful days of the crash and just surviving. Yeah, that sounds great. And and yeah, of course, you know, hugely exciting, um, you know, to be working with the likes of, of Facebook and Amazon in creating uh, the, these office blocks um, and, and yeah, huge developments and, and good for the city of Dublin as well. Which yeah, is- exactly. And when you're when you pre-let them to those type of organisations, you obviously then deal closely with regards to the design and hitting their sustainability credentials, etc. as well. So it's really interesting to see the inner workings of those big tech firms. So yeah, it's been an exciting process on the, the number of assets that we've done for the tech firms. Right stuff, yeah. And, and sustainability, of course, is, a, is also a huge thing for UCEM with, with our HQ, which is um, BRIAM uh, accredited as well. It's, it's something which yeah. we, we, we're keen to embed across both in our learning resources and and in also how we act so uh yeah great great that it's sort of similar values uh also with Ronan Group Real Estate and what inspired you to work in the built environment? So my father is a developer as was my grandfather before him so I suppose I've been taking around projects that my dad was working on since I was very young uh, one of my earliest memories actually with regards to property which is a funny one is being in Trump Tower in New York as a four-year-old and being instructed to take photos with a disposable camera so that we could use ideas for a property that my dad was building back in Dublin at the time mm. and if you that, that building is still standing today and if you went into the atrium of that building you'd see some proper similarities to Trump Tower so that, that's probably one of my earliest memories mm. and it went from there we actually sold that building that I was referring to to Google earlier this year so that was very good timing then with COVID coming in we got it done just uh, in February so that was great <laughs> And then I suppose in addition to that, I was just always impressed by my dad's passion for building. He always wants to build the best and he has a very keen interest in sustainability. And to be fair to him, that was long before sustainability was a watchword, which it is now in the industry. Then I was doing a finance master's and I finished that in 2008, as I said earlier, and the financial crash hit. And my dad asked, would I come and join the family business to help because NAMA was being formed? And I suppose he saw me as cheap labor as I was a graduate. But I suppose more importantly than that, he trusted me and my abilities. So I've been there since 2008, started off as an analyst and have now worked my way up to COO. Great stuff, and uh, and yeah, I wasn't expecting Trump Towers to uh, to be brought up <laughs> in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave Trump there. <laughs> I, th- I think that would be wise, but um, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, great great to hear you know the passion you have for the built environment, and uh, and obviously which has been passed up uh, down from your your dad. Uh, and you know, as you said there, you you were trusted, and you know what what's quite clear from your resume you have an aptitude for studying I mean obviously you gained a distinction from our MSc surveying real estate program this followed on from the first class honours you achieved 
in your Bachelor of Business and Legal Studies at University College Dublin, during which you were also awarded the Association of Chartered Certified Accountants Prize in Financial Accounting. And in addition to this, you were awarded a scholarship to study uh, the MSc Finance Programme, also at University College Dublin. And if that wasn't enough, you've, you've um, gone through the Harvard Business School's Real Estate Management Executive Programme. So, you know, clearly studying has been a, a really large part of your continual progression, both within the built environment and um, just in from an academia point of view. So so do you enjoy studying and, and how have your studies complemented your career? Well, I was trying not to laugh when you read that because when you say it like that, it sounds like I really do enjoy studying. <laughs> Whereas truthfully, no, I actually don't enjoy studying. I probably have high expectations of myself. So if I undertake something, I always try to do the best I can in it. And there's always been an element for me as well, I suppose, of wanting to prove myself. If you work in a family business, there can be the assumption that that's the easy route you know you maybe couldn't get a job elsewhere or something like that and I always wanted to feel like I very much deserved where I was in the business and then I suppose to add to to that each academic program I took on was to further my career and get a a rounded education for the area I wanted to work in which I feel like I now do have from those different courses because I've sort of got the element of business law finance and real estate so that's the logic behind the different courses that I did over the years and and you you see aspects of those in in what you do on a day-to-day basis Is, is is that the case Oh, absolutely. Because in real estate, like obviously I've got my real estate background from UCEM and the uh, management course I did in Harvard. Then you've got finance as the element of all of the deals we do, because you've obviously got to buy them, fund them, structure them, refinance them. So finance is key to understanding these big deals. And then business and law is obviously crucial because with any any. Um, scheme you're undertaking you've got all of the contracts you've got great basis that I understand contract law and the different like legal financial business jargons and so definitely I feel like all of the courses have really helped me understand the different areas that come up in the real estate project that we undertake. Fantastic and just whilst we're talking about your studies is that it or or do you think you'll be uh taking on any new courses in future I keep saying that's it but uh my mum would laugh and say she's just waiting for me to do my PhD in something or my MBA but I think I'm too busy at the moment to be honest between work and family and (laughs) everything that's going on in life so I think we'll leave it there for now anyway never say never (laughs) there we go so yeah lifelong learning and and yes you know as you mentioned MBA we we always have our program here if you ever want to uh to rejoin UCM um, yeah. and study with us. <laughs> so, and, and moving uh, back to uh, sustainability, you know, from, from the biography we had for the property awards and also, as you've already mentioned, sustainability appears to be a passion both from a professional and personal standpoint. Um, so how did you first become interested in sustainability? In my early years working in the family business, we also implemented a wood pellet heating system in a hotel, hotel development. Uh, this hotel, we, we brought the Ritz-Carlton brand to Ireland in the beautiful surroundings of Paris Court Estate in County Wicklow. It's known as the Garden of Ireland. Um, we also built the Convention Centre in Dublin, which was the first carbon neutral convention centre in the world and has won more than 50 awards. 
So I suppose I was exposed to sustainability as a key aspect of the business from a young age and from the very start of my career in the business. So I see building and living sustainably as the responsible thing for all of us to do. Yes, and we would definitely echo that at UCEM. Um, I mean, going further into this, your interest in sustainability led you to write your UCEM dissertation uh, on the feasibility of passive house standard as a building standard. Um, and you stated that you also hope to build your family home to passive house standard. So, so what is passive house standard and what does it involve to get a home up to that standard? Yeah, so passive house is the world's leading standard in energy efficient construction. So it stands for quality, comfort, energy efficiency. And basically a, a house that is built to passive house standard requires very little energy to achieve a comfortable temperature all year round. So essentially makes conventional heating and air conditioning systems completely obsolete. So if you're building a passive house, you want to achieve an airtight construction with continuous insulation. You need to eliminate all thermal bridges in the build, uh, use triple glazed windows ideally, albeit that, you know, obviously depending on design, um, you, you, can, you, you can go hard on some things and softer on others and ventilation with heat recovery. Some builds also add in renewable energy sources, but they're optional, you know, such as solar panels and subsoil heat exchangers. Um, and to become passive house standard officially, you need to achieve certification by fulfilling certain metric test criteria. Um, I won't go into that because it's obviously um, very detailed, but essentially you would get um, assigned certifiers to come to the property and test these certain areas, such as a blower door test to see how the insulation works, etc., so that's essentially what it is. And as you referred to, my husband and myself are currently planning, well, we're preparing a planning application for our family home. And our intention is to retrofit the existing space to Passive House Standard and then build the new element that we're extending onto it to Passive House Standard. So that's a really exciting undertaking. And I suppose it shows that I did actually have a very keen interest in the topic that I undertook for my dissertation. Hopefully we get to build it one day. Well, yeah, great to see that from the dissertation, you know, there, there's actions being taken, you know, from from what you studied and, and a real great link to, um, back to us, I suppose. I mean, w with that, with the plans which you do have, I mean, how long do you think it, it would take to get up to, to passive house standards? So I suppose in Ireland, firstly, you've got to go through the planning process and the asset that we're dealing with is, I suppose, quite a sensitive asset because the current structure is um, protected. So it's a listed structure. So we will be building onto that. However, we've got the original architects on board and they've done a really sympathetic design. And it makes sense to bring the asset into usable into, into a usable space for the future because currently it's only a single bed house and nobody would be able to live in it. A family wouldn't be able to live in it. Mm. So essentially we'll apply for planning, but because it is protected, we probably will have to appeal to onboard Planola, which is the appeals board in Ireland. Um, so really, it could take a year to 18 months for us to get planning in the first place. And then with regards to construction, there's no kind of added construction time with building a passive house standard house. 
you just have to get uh, professionals on board that are experienced in building these types of houses because as I said you know it's really important that it's an airtight building with continuous insulation etc so you need the builders to know what they're doing and make sure they do exactly what is expected otherwise you won't you won't might meet the criteria of passive house standards. Great stuff well um yeah best of luck with the with the planning application and uh and hopefully it won't be too long till you see it realised. Yeah, thank you very much. So, and and just to, to finish off, we, we like to uh, do a few quick fire questions at the end of our podcasts. Um, so I'll just run through those. So firstly, time management is a hugely important skill to have when combining work with study. So what advice would you give about using your time efficiently to reach your goals? Well, I think when you're studying at the same time as working full time, organization is crucial. Um, So what I would have done is I would have planned out what reading materials I needed to get through, when my assignments were, when my exams were, and budgeted the prep time I'd need need for all of those. And then what I did was I penciled in my college court, college work as meeting slots in my diary. So I don't know, for, for example, 7 to 10 a.m., 5 to 8 p.m., whatever works around your work commitments. Um, and my theory for doing that was you wouldn't miss an important meeting in work. So I tried to consider my college work an important meeting. Otherwise, you'd always say, oh, but I have to do this work thing or you'd procrastinate. So I found that to be a really good way of just making sure I sat down and did my work. It was like a deliverable in work. Mm. Um, I suppose the only thing to flag is obviously your days are going to be longer and you might have some weekend work, et cetera, when you're juggling work in college. But I think if you undertake a course while also working, you know, that's to be expected. Yeah, yeah. And so... So I think planning is is key, isn't it? And um, and yeah, that's qu- quite quite an effective way of using your calendar there, so so that you treat it with the uh, the utmost importance uh, alongside your work. Uh, secondly, we've got um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? That's a good question. I have a few of them, and they're sort of mantras I always think about in work. One of which is you've two ears and one mouth for a reason. Um. Another one is the only stupid question is the one you don't ask. Always assume gross incompetence. That might be a bit controversial, (laughs) but it always means that you're very thorough. And for college, you know, my dad always said to me when I was younger, and it's so true, read the questions three times and answer the specific question asked. So they're sort of ones that jumped out to me when I read that question. Yeah, no, all great there. Um, and, And yeah, the the ears and mouth one is one that I've um, I've seen a few times and I, it always makes me chuckle. So uh, yeah, I think I think they're great pieces of advice. I really like that one because you know you can be in meetings and people talk a lot and at the end of it you kind of wonder what have they said. So a lot of the time, if you listen and then just say one thing, um, that's value add. That's a lot more beneficial. Definitely. So so yeah, plenty of um, of, of advice there to, to take on board. Uh, so third up, we've got in terms of brands, which do you admire regarding their stance on sustainability? So there's a company called OG, OVG Real Estate. They're the developers of the Edge Building in Amsterdam. And this is billed as the greenest building in the world. Um, so obviously, I admire that, their stance on sustainability there. But setting aside the tagline of the great building in the world, they seem to understand the ongoing evolution of real estate from the provision of physical space to something much more than that. The hotelization of real estate 
and space as a service. And they've also recently launched a separate software company called Edge Technologies to really go after this space. So I really admire OVG for those aspects of their sustainability. And then I suppose from another perspective, from our own company, Ronan Group's point of view, I would hope to spearhead our continued efforts to push sustainability and to oversee the delivery of the greenest buildings, both in our immediate market, but also globally. When completed, the Salesforce Tower that I spoke about earlier in the conversation in Dublin, and that'll be the greenest Salesforce Tower in the world. So that'll be quite an achievement, given that they're very focused on sustainability. And that's the exact space I want Ronan Group to be competing in going forward. We've also established ourselves as market leaders in hardware, which is delivering the best quality buildings. And I want to spearhead our emergence as market leaders in software, which is smart buildings that leverage the best of prop tech, because I think that's something that's where it's really going. Fantastic. And then, yeah, definitely, you know, a great thing to be saying that we've got the world's most sustainable building for Salesforce, as, as you mentioned there, and um, and that, that's almost going to be, you know, the aim going forwards uh, with what you're doing. And, and, and yeah, as you, exactly. yeah, that becomes the new benchmark. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, great, great that that's um, being uh, so embedded in, in what you're doing, you know, what you've done in the past and what you're continuing to do in the future. And then just finally, we've got a couple uh, more quick fire questions, less perhaps motivational based, but um, just some quick fire ones anyway. So we've got what's the best book you've ever read? So personally, I'd have to say Secret. I know that might sound a bit airy-fairy to some people, but it's about the law of attraction and manifestation through gratitude and positive thinking. And I think there's a huge power to thinking positive about what you want in life. So that would be a personal favourite of mine. Obviously, there's loads of novels and everything like that, but, but that one I found quite powerful. And then from a sort of more business point of view, I really enjoyed The Snowball, which was um, a biography about Warren Buffett. He's one of, if not probably, the world's most successful investors. He has a few mantras that always stuck with me, you know, when it comes to work. One of the things he says is, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. And I think that's a a good one to remember when it comes to business strategy and investment and risk. Uh, He also says it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. So I suppose that makes you think twice before you, you know, you do anything. And he always says, hang out with people that are better than you, which I think is a good one when it comes to work, because it always um, will motivate you and you can learn from the people that you're around in work. And the final one is that risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. So I suppose it's just always be prepared and always understand what you're undertaking. Don't just jump in feet first. And um, he would, I suppose he would sort of say most successful people say no to the, to the majority of opportunities. So yeah, I just find him very, very interesting and Berkshire Hathaway, very interesting company. Great stuff. Yeah. And, 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 and great that there's, you know, those mantras you've been able to really absorb and then, and then take forward um, in your life, yeah. um, your business life and, and wider than that. And then just our final question is that, you know, being based in Dublin, if, if someone is in Dublin for a weekend, what's the best things to do there? So I'd highly recommend walking through Trinity College's campus. It's absolutely beautiful. All of the old buildings, the Book of Kells is there. The library there is absolutely stunning. 
Um, so definitely that. I would go for a pizza at Pie. Um, that's a restaurant that was recently listed as one of the one of the world's best pizza places. Um, you'd have to go to Temple Bar for the obligatory pint of Guinness and Irish traditional music. Um, there's also a cocktail bar there in Temple Bar called Vintage Cocktail Club where I'd go for cocktails. And then... 3FE coffee maybe the next morning to clear the hangover <laughs> there's obviously there's obviously all of the the usual art galleries and museums and everything which of course people would do but they're the sort of inside track ones that I would say to do fantastic yeah so I've, I've heard of Temple Bar but none of the other ones so um so yeah some some good tips there for, for anyone who likes their pizza and uh, and drinks in particular Mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah thank, thank you very much for your time Jodie it's it's been you know really oh. really enjoyable learning more about your career as well as your thoughts and studying sustainability and uh and yeah the best things to do in Dublin so yeah thank you again and uh and yeah if you'd like to read up on the UCEM property awards uh, of which Jodie was our winner of the alumni of the year head to our website ucem.ac.uk and head to the news section thanks for listening